after this episode is over, you're going to want to hold your loved ones close <laughs> until oh, they no. fall asleep gently in your arms, not convulsing. Or dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or dead. Uh, today, hey guys, we're Bloody Podcast. <laughs> so my favorite thing about holding Star while she's sleeping is just knowing that if I wanted to, I could kill her. That's my favorite part of snuggling. Oh, that's fun. That's yeah. a fun thought to have. How would you kill her? That's do you exactly want to share that? Because like, how are you going to do it? Uh, well, she's she's stronger than me, so I couldn't do anything that involved strength. Because she would immediately overpower me. Yeah. So I, it would have to be something very quick. Like I would take a knife and stab her in the jugular or something. Um, but I'd have to have a knife at the ready, you know? And it's just like, that's that's pre-planning. So, and I wouldn't do it because I'd be <laughs> devastated. It's, it's terrible. You've uh-huh. got a lot of poison in your house. You could pour poison down her nose. I feel like that was an afterthought, the devastation. Yeah, yeah. I felt like, well, I threw it in just in case on the off chance she listens that she's like, what? This is terrible. Yeah, that is no. really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I'm already sending the apology text uh. that uh, <laughs> it's saying like, I had a terrible conversation and I don't know why I went there, but it was really dark and I'm sorry. And she's going to be like, what? And then she's going to listen to it and she's going to be like, eh, it wasn't too bad. And also I could overpower you. So. Yeah. I mean. Nobody forced you to go there with the conversation. You kind of just went there freely. That was, that was all you. That's my headspace <laughs> today, guys. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about me killing my family. Let's do it. Okay. Well, today, Lori's going to pretend that she's Jolly Jane Topin. Okay. That's what we're talking about. All right. Let's Did get into it. she go by Jolly Jane? She goes by Jolly Jane. That's her nickname. Um, her alias... And what we'll normally call her is Jane Topin. And Jane Topin was an American serial killer active from 1895 to 1901. During which time she killed 12 known victims and confessed to 31. And in case you're wondering, I'm Maria Felix. That other lady talking is Lori (laughs) Roggenkamp. Oh, no, don't name me. The whole reason why I felt comfortable talking about it was that I was like, oh, she's not going to name us this episode. So, And the gentleman to my left no. uh, and to your alt-right is Cash Abdomalik. <laughs> That's really well, well put. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Into your alt-right. That's good. So today we're talking about Jane. And Jane. we're going back in time. Yeah. 1800s to the early 1900s. Simple time. Wow. Yeah. It's like we're like that Facebook commercial that just started popping up where mm-hmm. they're like, have you seen those yet? Where it's like, I was born in 1996. And back then we only had like, uh, like huge computers. It's like, what? Yeah. yeah. We, we had flip phones. They were like these phones you had to flip and it was like they would open. It's just like, go fuck yourself, dude. 96. 96. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so insulting that I paid for uh ad-free Hulu. That was what spurned me to pay to go ad-free. That's what, that's how they did it. That's how they got you. <laughs> yeah, they finally got me. They're like, "I'm not going to watch any more stupid fucking Facebook ads or yeah, John Legend SK2 ads." Or the fucking, the little kid who's all into octopuses. Yeah, oh, I hate that one. That's uh, the Google phone one or something. Yeah. He's all talking about the octopus. He's like, look at this floating. It's like, oh, fucking, what the fuck? Shut up. <laughs> we, we hate that child. <laughs> we hate his weird voice. <laughs> come come hitherness to octopi. octopi. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, I mean, I honestly... <laughs> I honestly feel like if we just cut out my stuff about me wanting me thinking about killing my girlfriend and my family, you guys would look like real dicks in this episode. <laughs> Why? Why? Because Cause, cause we don't want to hear about assholes born in 1996 when we were born decades earlier. Yeah. And honestly, we're just mad at ad campaigns. And yeah. that's how you fucking should oh. be. 
I get mad at ad campaigns so much because, you know, an ad is just like, this is what people will want to see to buy our product. So it's just like, this is how dumb we think you are. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Oh, or when it, I, I hate it even more when an ad works and I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. Like that, then gum, <laughs> that gum one. Did you guys ever see that one where it's like this guy draws pictures on pieces of gum? And then it's like a story and then he, him and this girl meet and at school and then he draws a picture and then they end up dating throughout high school and then they get engaged and he has all the pictures on gum wrappers. And I'm like, it's so stupid, but so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what, what gum is that? So I, so I don't have to ever buy it. Double yeah. mint. <laughs> yeah, probably. I honestly don't. It's a minty gum. I'll show them. I'll eat Juicy Fruit from the same company. <laughs> yeah. That'll, that'll learn you. So Jane Topan was born Honora Kelly on March 31st, 1854. Sunshine Aries. Ooh. Her parents, yeah, I don't know anything about the sun signs, but I'm sure somebody will chime in and tell me what is known about Aries. Uh. Oh, speaking of corrections, we have an amazing English and Irish fan base. And uh, they they pointed out some of the things that we got wrong last episode. Oh, shit. <laughs> like all of it? No, they were very nice. I will say they're very nice. And they also are like, they they genuinely, it's funny because they're like, oh, we love what this one lady was so sweet. She's like, I, I think it's so funny that you guys go Jamaican. And I was like, well, I think it's fun that you think we have a choice. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a choice. <laughs> like we like like we we intentionally went there. It's like we're genuinely earnestly trying to be be Irish. Like it yeah. was an earnest try. But uh <laughs> she said that uh grain, the what we were pronouncing in uh in, from the last the uh mythic episode yeah. last episode is actually uh Grania. I hope I'm pronouncing this is in regards to our Patreon. If you could check it out, check it out. She's oh, talking shoot. about goddess tales. Sorry, I thought I was. Oh no, it's okay. No, this is the pre the episode last episode that we did. That was a mythical. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Granya. Granya, I think. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, that makes more sense because yeah, I didn't think it was grain. I was like, it's too grain. Sounds too plain. Yeah. I was like, it's a really pretty name, so I don't think we're saying it right. What else? Uh, that was that was it. I mean, pretty much. Oh. She just oh. was very. She was very nice, but yeah, she oh, that's uh, so nice. Yeah, so that that was the only correction I have. Thank you so much for the correction. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, please always. Do they want send us messages if you have if in a very nice way. If you read it, if you don't send it in a nice way, then of course I'm not going to read it because I don't care. It's okay if you match my inner voice because my inner voice is, is probably saying, you fucking idiot. That's wrong. So it's okay if you said it that way, but you have to put Maria comma before it. Yeah. So that. <laughs> so yeah, because you'll get a whole can... different response. <laughs> if it's just. <laughs> and, it, and if you're middle of the road, I'll read it. Yeah. Plain vanilla. Oh, and then also another further update. Uh, I got somebody to message, uh, who said that they, um, they loved e the, the band Ezra. So we had better some, than Ezra, yeah, better than Ezra. Hello. So we had, we had people messaging saying that they liked that band. So I actually have to find some old shirts. <laughs> They're not going to be good ones and I'm going to write on them and then I'm going to send it. So just FYI. I I can help. I, I, I opened that onion. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys have to take care of that. I'll, I'll, it'll be great. They'll be fucking awesome shirts. Yes. Uh, I can't. My phone is too far away. But we I, that did remind me of a, a third um, update, which is really a comment. And we said that we would read every nice. This was okay. by Lady Volteria. Title is Bloody Fun. These queens are changing the cinematic tapestry. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was. I thought it was a pretty epic quote when I said that too. I, be, I believe I said it about White Oleander. I'm not sure, but if I didn't say it about White Oleander originally, I 
we all know that it clearly did. And it's an honor to be mentioned along the same lines as Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, <laughs> so I, I don't remember a lot about that movie, but I just know that I love Michelle Pfeiffer. So I'm glad also, I guess, to be aligned with that. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. So thank you, Lady Voltaire. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Now back to the show. Her parents were Irish. Uh, Jane's parents were Irish immigrants living in Boston, Massachusetts. Her mother, Bridget Kelly, died of tuberculosis when Honora was an infant. Uh. And her father, Peter Kelly, was known as a crazy, abusive, and sadistic alcoholic. Oof, that's tough. That's a super Irish name, Peter Kelly. Yeah, super yes. Irish name. Most people were heard, referred to him as Kelly the Crack. As in crackpot. Oh, I thought it was just because he had a, a a very long crack. Like a butt crack? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Maybe. We can, we can see your butt crack, boyo. <laughs> yeah, it starts between his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long crack. Anura had two older sisters, Delia and Nellie. Oh, so, Nellie. Oh, Nellie. <laughs> And Delia's, as in the mall at the store that I don't think exists anymore. What do they sell? Uh, they were like Claire's. They sold like, no, wait, I think Delia sold like, yeah, little girl stuff. Oh, okay. Like little girl clothes and like lip gloss and stuff. Well, it was always fun to hang out at like a Claire's because then you would find like a grown man going in there and you'd be, you would have to guess if he was buying something for his daughter, his girlfriend, or for himself. That was always really fun. Or if he was buying it anything at all. Yeah. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Or Or just checking the merchandise. Yeah, if he was just shopping for something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, that's horrifying. That's great. Sometimes all three. The children all lived with Peter for a few years after their mother's death. Then in 1863, Honora and her sister Delia were placed at the Boston Female Asylum, which was an orphanage for little girls. Mm. Documents from the asylum say the girls were, quote, rescued from a very miserable home. More than likely, they were rescued by police and placed in the orphanage. Their eldest sister, Nellie, is said to have stayed at home and shortly thereafter committed to an insane insane asylum. Rumors about Peter Kelly were pretty rampant that he was crazy, and there was even one rumor that once he tried to sew his own eyelids shut while he was working as a tailor. Peter was later institutionalized as well. I don't see how sewing your eyes shut is going to help you with hemming. What about hawing? <laughs> that would work. Oh, uh, comedy duo of Maria and Cash, everybody. Mm. Check them out. <laughs> They're going to be live. You can see him live at the Bray Improv. Yeah. We'll be at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Working on their act. Yeah. That is, that, so, I know, actually knew somebody who, that, I don't know if that's just rampant drug use or alcoholism or I don't know what that is, but I knew somebody who was, uh, he was like super high on heroin and he tried to staple his mouth shut one time. Really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's always the hard the hard drugs that make you do the really wacky shit. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where it was like, what was the, po- like, why, what was the point, you know? And it never really got, like, a specific, I'm sho- shocked by that, but it never really got a specific answer. Well, I mean, it just says he was an alcoholic. Who knows what else he did? It, it sounds like, unfortunately, it was, it's just like a genetic uh, disease. For the Kelly family, if Nellie also ended up in the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, so there wasn't like, I'm shocked that there wa- it wasn't like a, ba- a healthy upbringing, that there was like, you know, dinners, <laughs> dinner on the table, <laughs> talking around the family. What'd you do today, get Nellie? Ah, uh, nothing much. <laughs> unless the, unless like they all, like Peter came for like to the future. And all he grabbed was a bunch of bath salts and then went back. Yeah. And that's all they had in the house. Yeah. I mean, it could happen. It could happen. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not not a happy upbringing. Um, and then she was like eight when she went to the no, she was six, I think, when she went to the orphanage. When oh just my there. gosh, that's so that's terrifying. A young age. Good yeah. God. Cool. And then at um at ten years old at the orphanage, you're like the girls are normally put into a home to become uh basically an indentured servant, right? Uh so first Delia turned of age, but around nine or ten nine or ten years old, uh Delia left the orphanage and became a prostitute and eventually an alcoholic. So that's all we know about Delia. Then when Honora Jane turned ten, she was placed at the home of the Topans as an indentured servant. The Topans lived in Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, there was the dad, who I don't know his name because like nobody ever talks about him. <laughs> the wife. <laughs> uh, the wife's name was Anne Topan. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Anne Topan? Anne Topan. <laughs> How you doing? I'm fucking Anne Topan. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't fucking forget we're in Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, it definitely, like, if you had to fill in any forms for somebody, it'd be like, what's your name? It's Ann Topan. Okay. Can you, can you say can you spell it? spell so- that, please? Ann. Topan. <laughs> okay. Are you saying Ann to Ann? Ann Topan. <laughs> <laughs> And their daughter, Elizabeth Topan, who was close to Honora in age. Anne changed Honora's name to Jane, since Anne hated the Irish and didn't want her servant's name to sound Gaelic. Well, that'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Boom. As we've learned from hundreds of years of trying to get, of trying to purge many different people from their, their heritage. Changing the name is always the best way to do it. So yeah, it doesn't create any identity issues later on. No, 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 no. not at all. No, it's great. Uh, so, <laughs> so this mindset set Honora up to feel inferior for being Irish for the rest of her life. Uh, it is said that Anne was also verbally abusive to her in other ways too, and the aunt constantly reminded her that even though she was welcome in their home and even took the Topan surname, Jane slash Honora was not the real daughter and that Elizabeth was the real daughter. And so Anne always made, oh, Anne always just made it, made sure to make her feel shitty about everything. Basically. It seems like, but like just enough, just enough. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Oof, that's, that's, that's stupid. That's shit. Yeah. yeah. She's not a nice person. I'm just going to go out on limb. Bloody podcast limb. <laughs> just say that this well, you Antopan can suck it. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, the Topans were the only family Jane knew. And Elizabeth was kind to her. So Jane remained with the Topans until she turned 18. Then when she turned 18... The Topans uh, paid her $50 for completing her contract because at 18, she completed her indentured servitude contract. Um, and then she, instead of leaving, she chose to continue working for them as a servant. Anne eventually passed away, and Elizabeth married a guy named Oramel, who was the deacon of a church there in Lowell, where they lived. Hmm. Hmm. In 1880, and and then we move on, and then it gets weird. In 1885, after uh, wait, in 1885, who who passed away? Did Anne Topan pass away, or did uh, Anne Topan Jane Jane passed away? Oh, so Anne Topan passed away. Okay, Anne Topan passed away. Yeah, and Jane loved uh, servitude so much she decided to stick around. Well, I mean, it's a better job than most people have. Oh, yeah, I'm not being totally sarcastic. (laughs) It's like, like killing it at this. Trust me. I mean, she's... (laughs) If there's one thing I know, it's sticking with something, even though it doesn't really work, but you're too afraid to do something else. (laughs) 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 Plus, 
I mean, maybe it paid after that. Like, maybe she's like, well, now I'll just get paid to do what I normally did. Yeah, I mean, she got 50 bucks for all that time. I mean. <laughs> 50 bucks for, like, her entire, like, teenage years. Yeah. Which, I wonder how much Which that about right. how much that was. And because, I mean, everything was like a penny. So. Still, still not enough for what was. She was there from 10 years old until 18 for eight years. Seems. But, you know, she was an indentured student, so who knows how it works. We gave her room and board. I don't know why it went that way. Oh. She hates the Irish. And That's Japan right. hates the Irish. We gave her fucking room and board. <laughs> it would be like it would be like $1,539 or one has $1, six, six, so $1,600 essentially, which still isn't enough for years. Somebody has a calculator. Years of service. <laughs> but I guess if you're 18, you're like, sweet, I can go drinking. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> yeah, back then. Then in eighteen eighty five, Jane began attending the Cambridge Hospital in Boston to train to become a nurse. Ooh. She was considered bright and friendly and very talkative, and she earned the nickname Jolly Jane from her patients. Jane became close with many of her patients and she picked her favorite ones. She also became fascinated with autopsies. And it was here that she began experimenting with morphine and atropine. Not on herself, but on her patients. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. then, on yourself, you're like, oh, okay, she's a druggie. <laughs> but no, this yes. a monster. This she's, is where yes. I stop liking Jane. I'm, I'm officially not liking Jane now. <laughs> <laughs> not liking Jane sounds like a rom-com. It does. <laughs> It sounds. It sounds like a CBS sitcom. <laughs> it sounds. Mm-hmm. It sounds yeah. like not liking Jane coming to CBS. It's the return of Katie Holmes. Oh, she would do know. so well yeah, in that. She would sure. do so well in that. What she? Kevin be, James she, is attached. She would be Jane. She would be the lady that doesn't like Jane. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what? I think Michelle Pfeiffer would be Jane. She would be the good Jane. <laughs> You're right. Because she'd be a really good anything. Yeah. Uh, and except then the, another race. And then the tagline could be, they don't like each other, but they love each other. <laughs> oh. That's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> uh, and they're sisters. That's the twist. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And Michelle Pfeiffer is like, Katie, uh, Katie Holmes always jealous of Michelle Pfeiffer because she's always had everything because she's the pretty one. And she's yeah. blonde. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I, did we just write a show? <laughs> did we just... Totally. It's CW, <laughs> here we come. Uh, oh, God. You know what? I just got a notification. It's actually been uh, Chuck Lorre's producing it. <laughs> He's, he, he created a different show. <laughs> He's tapped into our phone lines. So, uh, yeah, we're uh, So, Jane, whose favorite patients were usually elderly used the drugs to bring them to the point of death by overdose and then yo-yo them back again to life. Yeah. She said that she did it to see what would what it would do to their nervous systems. You know, this is what pisses me off about this. And you're going to get into this more, and it's going to piss me off even more, is that old people, for other people, seem so much more obliging to be like, just like put whatever kind of drugs in me. Meanwhile, I tried to give my dad ibuprofen today because he said his head was hurting him. And he was like, what is it? What are you trying to do? What are you giving me? And I'm like, really? Really, guy? You think I'm trying to give you poison? <laughs> like, I told you what I, I was mean, giving you. It's like, why can't, why can't that, why can't I have a Jane Topin level of trust <laughs> with my family? Why is it that my family just judges me automatically? Maybe your family has known a lot of Jane Joe pants. Yeah. That's fair. Also, maybe your maybe your dad's not old enough. Maybe these people are way older than your pop. Yeah. Maybe they're just maybe just need to find him when he's tired and just That's it. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah, there you go. Maybe it's because I keep trying to give him drugs. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's just I think it's also <laughs> your glasses. I think your glasses make you look like <laughs> an angel of death nurse. Yeah. 
I definitely look like <laughs> I definitely look like a, a nurse from the 1980s who's just like, I just want to help you. Like, why? Yes. <laughs> Let me help you be happy. I want you to go to sleep and not feel pain. It's just like, okay, you're going to kill me. I know it. Yeah, it's exactly how your dad feels. <laughs> All right. I guess yeah, asked and answered. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she would later confess that she also made up fake charts and paperwork in order to spend more time in the rooms and then began crawling into bed with her patients after as they passed out. Uh, Jane would later admit to, uh, well, she wouldn't admit to it. That's a typo I have, actually. But there were reports that after her conviction that Jane would fondle her, fondle her patients. Hmm. But she, And she did admit that she got a sexual thrill out of toying with their lives. I'm surprised this hasn't been made into a major motion picture yet. Yeah. Or at least a series or something like that. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly, the more, the deeper that we'll get into this, the more surprising that will be. But that's how I feel about many of our uh, people that yeah. we do. Yeah. I mean, let's just, let's call a spade a spade. It's because they're women. These were men doing it. It's true. They'd be making, you know, documentary series about them. and I mean, that that's very, very true. Very if true. anything, it kind of reminds, it reminds me of the nurse character from uh, season four of Fargo a little bit. So far. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Um, she said that she would administer her drug mixture to them and then crawl into the bed and hold them in her arms while they died. Mm. Uh, she wasn't caught, though. And was later recommended for a job at the Massachusetts General Hospital. She began working there in 1889 and was fired a year later. The hospital didn't disclose why they fired her, but uh, Jane later confessed that some of her victims were at this hospital. So clearly they fired her because they found out about her murders and they were just like, oh, we can't like do anything. Like We've seen this before where the hospital will just fire the person as and cover it up as opposed to making it public that there's a murderer on the loose. Yeah. That's a fun thing. Uh, That's a fun thing that hospitals do. <laughs> it's really, it's really nice and considerate. Of them yeah. Hospitals and in, in, in churches. <laughs> just, I was just about so to say. fun. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that sounds churchy move right there. Yeah. <laughs> so fucked up. Oh, brother. Um, <laughs> Jane returned to work at Cambridge, her, where she did her residency and started all this, uh, but was later fired for misuse of opiates. So fired for the same thing that she same was doing. Shit. Uh, and then that, that she was just fired, though. So then she just went into private nursing care. Oof. As a private nurse, she was supposedly highly recommended by her patients, uh, but she carried with her like a known rumor that she committed petty theft all the time. So, oh, uh, she still got work. I don't know. I, thought, I totally thought you were gonna say a known rumor that she killed her patients, and I was gonna be like, well, then why would anyone hire her? <laughs> like, oh, I love her, but um, she did kill my grandfather, but she was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she was so nice when she oh. was there. She always made the bed. She was so nice, <laughs> so sweet. Uh, yeah, that would that would annoy the crap out of me if I if I had a if I had a nurse who killed my family member and then also stole from me. I'd be like, do one or the other, you know, like <laughs> pick a lane. Well, nobody nobody knows she's doing it yet. Yeah, like well, That's the true. hospitals know. The hospitals do know, but they're not saying anything. But the private patients don't know. Right now, she's just like, oh, she's great, but she has sticky fingers. <laughs> My last nurse had sticky fingers. I Yeah? I also don't... <laughs> it's a thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, I also don't think that... I don't know if she did necessarily steal from them. I mean, she maybe she did. But I do also know that from experience that... It's like, you know, subtle racism towards the Irish or other groups. 
And if it's like you have somebody come over all the time and then you misplace a bracelet, you're like, ah, the nurse stole it. Yep. You know, it's like, yep. yeah, you, know, you probably just lost your goddamn bracelet. I can't tell you how yeah. many times when I was younger where anything that went missing, we'd be like, the cleaning lady took it. <laughs> it's like, no, Ugh, you just left so it under your bed. <laughs> like You're a dumb dumb. <laughs> like you just accidentally <laughs> threw it away. So. Yeah. My grandmother accused me of taking her shit all the time, but she would always just leave it and leave it in like a different place and be like, I'm not having you over anymore. And be like, when are my parents coming here, please? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't take your fucking Ritz crackers, dude. Yeah. Well, I used to, I used to take money from my dad's wallet all the time. And, um, I just never like, I just was a sociopath when I was younger and I was just like, I want money. So I'm taking money from his wallet. And then I just stopped because I was just like, eh, I got, you know, I started growing in conscience. And uh, I was like, it's just not right. You know, I'll just ask him for money. And then when I stopped, I started getting accused of stealing money from his wallet. And I started getting really upset because I was like, man, I was doing this for years. <laughs> you didn't find out. <laughs> and now that I stopped, you're blaming me. Um, so then I started stealing money from his wallet again because I was like, if I'm going to get blamed for it, then I'm just going to do it. So. And I stopped. And I stopped. <laughs> and I, and now you steal money from his wallet and try and force him to take pills. Uh, now sometimes I literally will do this. I'll take like twenty dollars and I'll put it somewhere in the house, um, because I think it's I think it's funny to see if he even notices because he always says that he knows exactly where everything is, and so I'll just sometimes I'll just move things around the house. Just. <laughs> Uh, am I a terrible? I think I'm a terrible person, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. I He's lucky to have you. I didn't think that you were a terrible person, but then you told us yesterday you started going to nursing school. So <laughs> I'm a little worried now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's the it's the best way to meet people who you can help. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because in uh, in our feed right now the monitor is reflecting off your glasses so it just makes everything even weirder you're like what are the <laughs> uh, i never really stole anything from my parents but i did steal cigarettes but like if i only stole from my dad out of desperation because when i started smoking my parents some one of their elderly patients because they worked at a nursing home gave them like gave my dad like a bunch of cigarettes like three cartons of like i don't i think it was parliaments or something mm -hmm. so my dad didn't smoke parliaments and he kept them in, like underneath the tv in one of those cabinet thingies mm -hmm. so when i started smoking at first i just took those but then i ran out of those and then eventually i had to steal cigarettes from my dad's pack so you know, it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. It was my dad's fault, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. We're both in mm -hmm. the same boat, Maria. <laughs> Here. <laughs> we both were just doing what we needed to do. Yes. You're uh, stealing from your father. <laughs> and then you're like, you're like putting early onset dementia on your father well, by like moving his shit around my dad's getting back to me because <laughs> now he just has me buy things online and then he'll be like hey I'll, I'll pay you back and then never pays me back so i'm like all right this is just ah. retribution for <laughs> for <laughs> everything i've done to you so you owe him millions of dollars <laughs> well definitely not millions but yes probably thousands so no millions oh millions. okay <laughs> you're like 30 something by now so you owe him millions of dollars that you are still alive <laughs> it's like a million dollars a year on a kid or something crazy. has he got to you has he talked to you? has he talked to you no no i've just been thinking about kids a lot lately so i'm like they're so annoying and expensive oh uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, let me get back to Jane. Okay, so then in 1895, uh, Jane began her killing spree. She it, she already had her killing spree. This is, like I guess, the, no, the one we know about, I guess I would say, because all of those other patients I just talked about, we don't know their names. We don't know anything about them, like what became of their families, anything like that. If they were even, like, were they just elderly and healthy? Or were they also dying, you know? Like, we don't know. So I don't really think it's fair. A lot of people call her an angel of death. 
But most of her patients don't seem like they were dying in the first place. And I know that's not the number one qualifier to be an angel of death category. But it's up there. Yeah. You know? I always thought that the angel of death was just someone who brings death on anybody, really. A lot of, like, when a lot of, uh, like, caregivers who commit murders are considered angels of death. Oh, yeah. Like Dr. Kevorkian. Sure. Towards the end of your life and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's also because, like, it's somebody who's supposed to be, it's like a, a misnomer. With somebody who's supposed to be there to help you, but then instead they kill you on purpose. Right. And so I think that's why, um, like, there's a there's a term, I can't remember the term now, but there's a term for, like, a really great nurse. And that's also used to be, like, somebody who is also a serial killer. Because <laughs> it's, like, really? yeah, because it's the term that they use uh, for, like, a really good nurse, but I can't remember the name, so I'm... I shouldn't even, we probably should edit this out because it's dumb that I don't know the name. But yeah. It's the omen. Yeah, it's the omen. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go with the omen. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so then she started in, in 1895. She started with her then landlords and temporary patients, Israel and Lovely Dunham. Those are really cute names. Yeah. Israel Is- and Lovely, it's nice. Yeah. Those are sweet yeah. names. Israel. Yeah. She killed Israel, who uh, oh. was 83. Wow. And then two years later, in September of 1897, she killed Lovely at the age of 87. Uh. Man, could you imagine surviving for 87 years in the 1800s and then be killed by a nurse? I know. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. That's not right. That's fucking horrible. <laughs> that's not right. Oh, that's so You've bad. You've survived wars and plagues and everything. Oh. <laughs> and, like, leeches and, like, bad medicine. <laughs> and just mm-hmm. everybody's trying their best, but they're doing terrible jobs. Smell Just god-awful smells. Poor bathing habits. It just... No bathrooms. No, no, yeah. No, no, like... Ugh, just the worst situation imaginable, <laughs> and you survived. And yeah. a fucking Irish person, a Boston nurse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you think about all the diseases and everything, and all that bullshit that you just had to hurdle over day in day out to get to your eighties. Oh yeah. Jesus, I mean, you were born in what eighteen early aughts, eighteen hundreds. Jesus Christ, that would that would <laughs> piss me off so much. I would be like clawing at the air, trying to just attack something in my last moments, to be like, I'm not going down without a fight. Oh, oh man, I feel so bad. The only the only retribution here, and I'm not even sure if I'm a hundred percent right on this. Uh, is that I don't think that morphine causes a lot of pain when you're dying. Oh, well, that's good. So at 80-something, you're in pain all the time. Yeah. Like, everything hurts. So at least that. But the problem is she also brought them in and out of consciousness. Oh, no. Why? So that sucks. They're like, Oh, fucking horrible. You do your death speech like five times. Ugh. Because, because you're like, this is it. And I just want to tell my children, I love you. <laughs> exactly. Like you think you're dying and then you're like back all of a sudden. You're like, fuck this, dude. I got a better word for final finalities. <laughs> so you're editing your fucking yeah. <laughs> death spiral. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> So besides the thrill that uh, of killing them, it is, is it is assumed that Jane also killed them to gain leverage over the property she was renting from them and to try to take their money. Oh, uh, yeah. And it doesn't. Uh, I can't find out if it worked or not. I don't think it works. I think all her plans are like foiled. Because then we jump forward a few years to August of eighteen ninety nine. When she went on a picnic with her foster sister, her old sister, Elizabeth Brigham. Elizabeth Topan is now Elizabeth Brigham, Mm -hmm. right? So 
Even though Elizabeth had been fair to Jane over the years for forever, she wasn't like a bitch to her or anything. Jane's resentment had seemingly only grown or like over like the mom making her feel like shit. So she gave her foster sister a lethal dose of strychnine, which is a very painful poison that causes convulsions, painful muscle spasms, and eventually uh, you asphyxiate to death. Jane would later admit that she held Elizabeth in her arms and, quote, watch with delight as she gasped for her life out. That was in Boston. <laughs> that's that's but that's her that's, that's her inner voice. <laughs> yeah. She's, Watch with fucking delight. She's fucking Dane. Wow, I like this so much. <laughs> Possibly we're giving some edits. We're doing a very specific person. I am from Boston. Boston in the eighteen hundreds. Screw y'all. Is that screw y'all and Tahan? Is she from Boston? No. The you're doing? No, no. That's like Midwest. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's totally Midwest, yeah. <laughs> He's doing uh, somebody from Love After Lockup. Yeah. <laughs> the TV reality show. Oh, the the Emmy-winning <laughs> TV reality? Yeah. I yeah, yeah, that that's one. The yeah, one. That's the one. That's the one. So then that same year, on December 28th, she also killed 70-year-old Mary McNear, a patient of hers. Then a month later, mm-hmm. oh, were you going to say something? Because so this is about to snowball. She definitely kills her sister, her sister-in-law, or her foster sister. Oh, she's dead. Oh, totally. Strychnine. There's no coming back from strychnine. Oh, I thought, I thought maybe it was like she was disabled or something and had a droopy face. No, no Lori. Oh, okay. No. It's strychnine. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds bad. Strychnine sounds bad. Yeah. You, know? you don't hear that you don't hear that word and you're like, oh, this is gonna be a good time, a cool breeze on the beach. <laughs> cool breeze on the beach. Yeah. How was your how was your day at the beach? That was a strychnine kind of day. <laughs> it does sound like British night. Oh fucking strychnine, yeah. strychnine. Yeah. <laughs> what'd you what'd you do that boat that you went out with? Oh uh, we strychnine. We strychnine all the way. <laughs> It's in their lock swimwear. All right. <clears throat> okay, so then uh, a month later, it is said that she killed her old friend and current, well, then patient, Myra Connors by poison so that she could take her job as the dining hall matron at what was known as the theological school. And she got the job but was fired shortly thereafter after the school found financial irregularities in their office. So she like stole, she, she stole super fast. She wasn't even good at stealing because one, as a nurse, everybody knew she was stealing mm-hmm. and they talked about it. And two, she starts stealing right after getting this, the, the job. Yeah. The idiot. And then gets <laughs> found out right away. I bet the day she got hired, she walked by the, <laughs> the register. It was open. She's like, Yoink. It's not even like a five. She's like taking like four, like twenties. Like, dude, they're gonna notice. Yeah, and it's a school, right? It's probably it's. It sounds like it's the theological school. I didn't <clears throat> look it up, but I'm gonna assume it's you know a place where men of like minds, whatever, commuted. Blah, blah, blah. Sure. Yeah. So do you know they don't have that much money in the first place? Yeah. They keep the money in one place. And she's like, oh, they'll never notice. Yeah. She probably tried to stuff it in her like top or something and it was just spilling out and she's like oh what i always keep i always keep money in my bra <laughs> um, i'm gonna fucking steal some money right now <laughs> she is from boston I i'm know. gonna shove it in my bra <laughs> <laughs> then in january of 1900 she killed elizabeth's housekeeper so her old sister's housekeeper Florence Calkins, who was only 45. Wow. Close. They were in the same line at work. That's so shitty. Probably Florence. I mean, it doesn't have any details, but we can probably assume that Florence knew something was up mm-hmm. about Elizabeth's death. And then she just killed her to get rid of her. Oof. And then she also killed another patient of hers, William Ingraham, who was 70. 
And then, in 1901, she poisoned her latest landlords, Melvin and Eliza Beadle. But she only poisoned them enough to make them sick and uh, are for, like were forced to go under her care. Then she poisoned their housekeeper, Mary Sullivan. Just enough, though. She must have liked Mary because she only poisoned her enough to make her appear drunk so that she could get her fired and take her job. I mean, that's it's like freeform killing. It's like jazz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is like jazz because it's the death. It's the poisonings you don't see that matter you know exactly exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my god oh man is it what isn't it funny that like she she was doing that and the woman probably is like that bitch jane she totally took my fucking jab and then jane's probably like i did you a favor <laughs> seriously that's yeah. probably what she's saying to her you better get out of here mary like fuck you, Jane. <laughs> and also, like again, again, I if you learn nothing from this podcast, never confront anybody or make anybody aware of what they're that you know what they're doing. Just immediately go and tell somebody else. <laughs> like let go to yeah, let that person die. You just just pretend <laughs> like you have blinders on and just don't notice anything. Never. Yeah. I, re- <laughs> I really think that. That Mary Mary Sullivan was probably the closest thing Jane had to a best friend for some reason, and this is like this is how this is the limit of how nice she can be. She's like, I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna get you fired and take your job. And it's not personal. I really like you. I I really think we should continue our you yeah. know like our book club. Uh, it's not about that. I just I I need this job yeah. and I need it more than you do. Uh, but I really like you and um. <laughs> Just now you're gonna have the runs for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it'll be fine. All right. Um, you spoke from the packing <laughs> hot, and that's what I—that's why I really like you. Okay. <laughs> also, I fucking love also, it. I just want to, just in case, because I'm noticing we're getting a lot of like uh, across the pond fans. So I just want to clarify for any of them that are thinking that we're doing a great accent. We're doing terrible accents for even oh, the no, people no, in the United States. So I don't want you guys to. I don't look. think, I don't think anybody, I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't <laughs> think anybody thinks we're doing a good job at all. We're, we're doing great. We're all doing great. <laughs> I just um, don't want any of them to be like, wow, that's really what Boston sounds like. Okay. No, 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 not even, <laughs> not even a little bit. I'm from Boston. <laughs> That's what Boston sounds all- like, but not anything else. No. Uh, okay, so then uh, then uh, Maddie Davis, who is the owner of the cottage that Melvin and Eliza are the landlords to, showed up to the, college, to the cottage uh, and was there to collect the, Jane's rent because Jane owed like $500 in rent. Um, while she was there, Jane offered her a glass of mineral water, and Maddie drank it. She then fell ill, Oof. and over <laughs> and over seven days, I don't know how Topan keeps convincing them. She must just be like, "I'm a nurse. I'm a fucking nurse. Okay, I can take care of her." Because she nurses Maddie for seven days, bringing her in and out of consciousness with her morphine until she died. On July 4th. No. Oh, God. That's awful. And then, after poisoning Maddie, she manages to convince her widower, A. Alden, to let her move in. (laughs) So then she moves in with fucking Alden, Alden Davis, and she immediately starts not only trying to seduce him, but also poison him. So she starts poisoning him and his sister, who I guess is there, Genevieve, Genevieve Gordon. Why the fuck did Alden tell her she could move in? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was just like, well, it's, you know, I need somebody to wash my underwear. 
So. Yeah, it's something like that where like I'm sure she was just like, I can help you. I'm a nurse. I'm a housekeeper. You know, you're going to need somebody around now that Maddie's gone. You can't be alone. Yeah. And then like, you know, a man being a stupid idiot man is like, oh, I guess I guess that's true. I can't be alone. Not for any millions of any kind. So uh, then she moves in. But like, <laughs> so then Genevieve <laughs> dies. I love how we're both kind of waiting for cash. And he was just like, no, I see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> All right. And moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Genevieve died shortly after her sister-in-law on July 31st. Then on August 8th, Alden dies at the age of 64. During her stay at the Davises, she also started little fires all over the property and then would like blame some mysterious intruder. <laughs> I don't, that seems super annoying. She would just like start little fires in the living room and be like, oh, who did that? No. <laughs> you know what? No, no, Jane. No, you can't just all of a sudden just get into pyromania. That's not how this. No, stop it. I didn't. I didn't. That wasn't me. It wasn't me, okay? You have somebody coming in and starting little fires, like the one that you, I someone started in the tub yesterday. <laughs> Maybe she just learns about other crimes, and she's like, oh, I'll try that one on. Yeah. yeah. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. So then Jane, after these three are dead, Jane then goes to Minnie Gibbs, who is the, uh, is the daughter of... Maddie and Alden. She's married. She's like grown up and stuff, right? So she goes to her and she asks her to dismiss the rent that she has due on the cottage still. Because she still owes $500, apparently. Minnie refuses and somehow, well, I know how. He, she, she, somehow Jane gives her morphine tablets, poisons her, kills her on August 13th, 1901. So now an entire family is dead. Wow. Uh, Within months of each other. One month of each other, really. And the cops are like, whatever. Yeah. Business as usual. Yeah. Sounds like a family problem. (laughs) Way to go, chief. (laughs) (laughs) Are donuts invented yet? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. I'll come back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fun. So then during this time, she's probably writing to Oromel because then she returns to Lowell where Elizabeth was, where they were from, where they grew up, hoping to marry Elizabeth's widower, Oromel. During this day, like shortly after arriving back in Lowell and staying with him, she kills his sister. Edna. Edna Bannister, which is quite a name. I love that name. Yeah, that's a nice name. It's no Anne Topan, but it's great. (laughs) Well, she saw Edna as a threat and killed her off. And then she poisoned Oromel, but then nursed just enough to make him sick and then nursed him back to hell to prove to him that he needed her. Oh. That's how you do it. (laughs) So then after that, or while this is happening, sorry, Minnie's father-in-law, the girl that wouldn't forgive the rent, the daughter of the Davises, questioned his in-law's deaths. And he wondered how a seemingly healthy family could all fall, fall ill and die so quickly. So then he ordered a toxicologist to exhume the bodies and perform autopsies. As those happened over in Cape Cod, Jane was back in Lowell, still worried that Oromel had not yet married her because he won't marry her. She's like, we need to get married tomorrow. And he's like, I really don't want to. I really don't think this is a good idea. I just, I don't know. I have a weird feeling. And... <laughs> um, I don't think you're going to be there for me. I don't think that you see me for who I really am. Elizabeth did. Um, <laughs> I really miss her. Uh, 
so sad. She was such a beautiful woman. Come on, Oramel. Stop fucking around. <laughs> fucking marry me. Yeah. Uh, so then. I'm go outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then he goes outside and she ODs on morphine <gasps> to make herself seem helpless. Uh, but again, just enough so that she's sick but not dead. Uh, so she got to stay at the house until she recovered. But I think that during this time, and then this around this time, actually, that the police start tracking her. You know, everybody over in Cape Cod is suspicious of her now because of the in-law to the Davises. Right? Dumb fucking police. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. They just catch on. Yeah. They started catching on because of the succession of the deaths happening with each other, you know, and obviously this guy going like, are you guys not noticing this weird lady going around that just a trail of death follows her everywhere she goes? Um, Maybe they got a new chief and they're like, chief comes in. And he's just like, so what's been going on? And they're like, well, these people have been dying. It's been really weird. And he's like, go fucking investigate it, you assholes. What the fuck? easier answer than that is that the Davises were a very wealthy, very notable family in the area. Oh. Uh, And they were, yeah, so that's that's it. They had money, they had influence, and power. And that's probably why they started the investigation. Hmm. Uh, So while she's recovering at the Topan home, the police are tracking her moves. Then she recovers, and no doubt they told Oramel what was up, because he immediately kicks her out when she's better. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> so she leaves for Amherst, New Hampshire, to stay with an old friend of hers, Sarah Nichols. Reports of the Davis, uh, so then the reports come back for the Davis's autopsies, and they show the evidence of poison in their bodies. Then on October 26th, Jane was arrested at her friend Sarah's house for the murder of Minnie Gibbs. That's a good name, Minnie Gibbs. Mm-hmm. She's killing a lot of people with really wonderful names. She's jealous. Yeah. She got stuck with Jane Topan. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's her, she was, her name was changed, so she's like, anybody with a great name doesn't deserve to live. What's your name, sir? Fabius Wilmore. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> what is what is your name? Uh, it's actually just a sound. <sighs> you can live. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. The one time this worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was indicted on the murders of Minnie, Alden, and Genevieve. When she was in custody, not only did Jane confess to these murders, she also confessed pretty much immediately to 11 other murders. Uh, her trial lasted eight hours. The defense argued that she was not guilty by reason of insanity. Huh. But Jane argued to the court, like out loud to the judge, that she knew she wasn't insane <laughs> and that she was fully aware of everything she had done. While she was doing it, she confessed in court to the sexual gratification it brought her and to the fires that she started. (laughs) Stupid ass fires. Did she have a a defense attorney who was just like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to see you later. You seem busy. You seem like you got this. I'm going to, you know what? If, if I could just not be seen as being in any way involved with this, I'm going to go. I'll see you guys later. Well, hold on. Because the jury found her not guilty by reason of insanity after 27 minutes of deliberation. It worked. (laughs) Yeah, the lawyer runs back in. Oh, this was my plan all along. Uh, This is how I, this is what I actually wanted to happen. So you're welcome. (laughs) Go away. So then Jane was sentenced to life at the Taunton Insane Asylum. Oof. After her conviction, she confessed to her lawyer that she had killed over 31 people. 
Um, she supposedly said this so that her lawyer could try. Her lawyer is really not on her side. Her lawyer, she wanted to confess to the other murders. She wanted to prove that she wasn't insane because she thought, I don't know on what world, but she thought that if she was found not insane, she could be let go. I guess, and yeah, I guess she would be let go from the insane asylum. They would probably retry her. Oh, okay. But anyway, that didn't happen. Nobody believed her about not being insane, I guess, or thought she was better off in the asylum. Yeah. Um, and she, she remained there. Also, during her arrest, a victim came forward and said that she was under Jane's care at one of the hospitals and that she remembered slipping into unconsciousness and seeing Jane crawl into bed with her and kiss her all over her face. Ugh. But uh, then someone came inside and Jane couldn't finish the job and the girls ended up surviving, you know, probably because Jane had to leave her shift or whatever. Wow. wow. For years, she thought she had dreamed it. But after she read about Jane's arrest, she knew that it was true. That's so that is up. so weird. Oh, my God. Terrible. Could you imagine if you just had like whatever random dream you've had in your life and you find out years later that it was like a hundred percent real and you're like, What the fuck? Ugh. That's terrible. That's I one time had a dream that an alligator came into my room and dragged me down the stairs. And Like, what happens if, like, one day my dad was just like, oh, yeah, and then we had that alligator that ran into the house and dragged Lori down the stairs. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I uh, I often have a dream that I'm being shaped, cha- uh, chased by shapes, like amorphous shapes. Oh, wow. So I hope that's not real. Yeah, that would be terrifying. They like to, they like to chase me in the subway, and that's weird. Uh, the other day I woke up from a nightmare and I was so convinced that it wasn't over because it had happened in real time the nightmare that I like got I got mad at Cash for suggesting that it was real life (laughs) and for taking the like for he's like he's like do you mind if I take the remote for when you fall asleep and I was like no you can't have it she she got very aggressive. <laughs> got really mad. Got I wasn't aggressive. sure if it was dream cash or not. <laughs> yeah, but that's happened on both both ends, you know, where I'll have a dream where she'll do something really horrible and I'll wake up and I'll be very, very mad, you know? And it's just like, it's so hard to like, when, when you have a dream that's so realistic and then you wake up in it, yeah. from it, in the same place and it's just like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> This happened. This fucking yeah. happened. Star, Star. Whenever she watches scary movies, she'll have like nightmares and stuff. And I know this because she'll scream in her dreams. <laughs> she'll scream in real life. Aww. And she, whenever she gets super, super scared, she goes, "Mom!" So just the Aww. middle of the night, she'll be like, "Mom!" <laughs> and I'm like, "What? What's wrong?" Aww. And then I, she gets mad at me for waking her up. So I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> 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 So, um, at the asylum, she nearly, at first when she got there, she nearly starved to death because she was so paranoid somebody else was going to come in and poison her. Oh, shoes on the other foot, Jane. Yeah. Yeah. But then she eventually recovered and she died on August 17th, 1938 at the age of 81. My dad was born in 1938. Really? Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe she he is a reincarnated weak ass version. <laughs> yeah, maybe he Jesus. is. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> Let's get him. So because of Jane's combination of being an angel of death, uh doing it for the sexual thrill and the monetary gain and the jealousy and the lust, etc., she is considered one of the most complicated sociopathic serial killers in history. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she's a very complicated well, lady. And we don't have that much information about her. There's only one book uh, out there, really, on her. Well, because so. a lot of people... So there's 
there's uh, classifications for what makes a serial killer. The most boiled down version is that it's three kill- three or more killings with a cooling off period in between each killing. But however, some people believe that in order to truly be considered a serial killer, you have to there has to be a sexual component. That's why a lot of people have claimed that women can't be serial killers because there's not a sexual component right. to that, which I I don't agree with, but I do think it's interesting that this is as far as we know, this is the first woman solely on her own, not with a male partner who has killed multiple people and done it for sexual gratification. Yeah. I mean, she's clear evidence against that, about against saying there are no women serial killers because she says it. It's like the first it's she doesn't even start out doing it for any kind of monetary gain. She starts out doing it because it turns because her she, on. Yeah. She likes that power. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, it's just like just like there are female rapists. There are women like power mm-hmm. just as much as men do, you know. And if you're going to be a mm-hmm. sadist, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. So, yeah, that's yeah, that is interesting. It is a it's it's popular belief from fans and some of the writers on on this uh, season four of Fargo that Jane Topan was the basis for Orietta oh. Mayflower. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah makes that total does make sense because she's a real wackadoo, but she's super chi- chipper about yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. jolly, super yeah. jolly, jolly Jane. Wow, that's crazy. That's yeah. the first thing. Yeah, first thing I thought of. Nice. Because she you finds got drugs it. and news clippings of deaths and stuff. Wow, that's crazy. yeah. And she's just she steals nonstop. She does steal. She yes. has a whole she has a whole cupboard full of like stolen yeah art, stolen artifacts from like her victims. Wow. Well, uh, it's great. The actress for that did a great job. She did. She did. That was the best part of the season was her and the little girl. The little girl yeah, yeah, they were great. Absolutely. Yeah, and the opening and the That's it. and the opening story. I like the opening story, and then that kind of went nowhere after that. And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're just gonna be dealing with the rest of the show. Yeah. We all know what's wrong with this season. <laughs> now we're transitioning. <laughs> Into our Fargo podcast. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for listening. And please check out our Patreon if you have the time. We are going to be retooling it in a little bit. Still offering great content, but just changing up the tiers and everything. So if you have any ideas or if you have anything you want us to discuss on the Patreon or on the live show, please send us a message. We love getting listener feedback and you guys are awesome and we love meeting our listeners because they're all super cool. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.